morning, if you would, to open up your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 24. Uh, Psalm 24, our theme this morning has been the glory of God. And what I want to do is, in this last Sunday of 2017, is to prepare us for the next year. And there's nothing, I believe, that prepares us for the next year better than to catch a glimpse of the glory of God. Because we'll never do anything of any worth. We will never ultimately please our Lord and Savior apart from having an awe-inspiring glimpse of His glory, a love for who He is. And so this morning, I want to walk you through that as best I can in an abbreviated fashion. I'm not going to preach the full time just because you don't want me to. And I don't want to. Uh, so we're going to shorten this up a bit, but I do want to hit some key things this morning. I don't want to shortchange the Word of God. Uh, God works regardless of how long you spend in His Word. Psalm 24, this is the psalm about the King of glory. I'm going to read this for us this morning, and then we're going to break this down briefly. Psalm 24 if you're physically able, I'm going to ask you to stand with me in honor of God's word as we read it. <coughs> Psalm 24 in verse 1. In Psalm 24 verse 1, David the psalmist writes and says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false, and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for the chance to open up your word and to study it. And God, I pray that you will cause us to see a beautiful glimpse of your glory today. Help us, God, to just be in awe of who you are, that we might rightly see that we are small in comparison to you. Oh, Lord, captivate our minds and our hearts with who you are. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I think it's important to start with a quick definition of glory. When we talk about the glory of God, one of the best definitions I've heard, which I'm sure was uh, borrowed from somebody else, but it is that the glory of God is the outward expression of God's inner beauty. That the glory of God is the outward expression of God's inner beauty. 
We see the glory of God in creation. Why? Because we see the outward working of the beauty and goodness of God when we look upon creation. Um, and so what I want to do is, is through Psalm 24, point you again and again to this God who is beautiful and shows his beauty throughout our lives and throughout everything we interact with in a daily life. Now, what I want to start out with in verse 1 is pointing you to the fact that we see the glory of God in the fact that he is a good creator. In verse 1, notice that David says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. What does that say? Who established it? Who founded it? Who founded the rivers? Who established the streams? It was God. You see the glory of God in his creative work. He is the creator who is glorious. And we're told that he founded it upon the seas. He established it upon the rivers. And as such, verse 1 is true. The earth is what? The Lord's. Why is it his? Because he made it. If you made something of your own two hands, guess what? You own it. It's yours. Unfortunately, I don't know how to make my own vehicles. I have to purchase them from others who know how to build them. But if I could build my own car, I could go buy the pieces myself, put it together, and guess what? I own that car. Why? Because I made it. God owns the earth because he made it. But not only does he own the earth, notice what else he says in verse 1, and the fullness thereof. So he, God doesn't just own the created globe and the universe, but he owns everything in it because everything in it was also created by him. And then David makes sure that you don't have any wiggle room because he says, and those who dwell therein. Does anybody here dwell within the earth? Everybody. I'm digging this voice, by the way. I, I really feel like I can make some money off what I'm doing right now. But God owns everything, including us. Why? Because he created everything, including us. He is the king of glory. You know why he's glorious? Because he has demonstrated his beauty in everything he's created, including us. We are walking masterpieces of the Father's hand. That's good news. That's awesome to know that even though this don't look like much, it is the handiwork of God. The smartest people in the world cannot recreate this. They cannot recreate life. They cannot make it look like this. They can't build a body. That is the handiwork of God. Everything we see testifies to the beauty of God. All the rivers, all the streams, everything created, including us. And as such, it all belongs to him. And by the way, that doesn't just mean Americans. 
God has created the ends of the earth. All peoples, nations, and tribes, and tongues, God has created for his glory. He creates it out of his beauty, out of who he is. That means that no race is inferior to another. You know why? Because everybody was created by the wonderful hand of God, stitching them in his image. That is the king of glory. And if we as a church are going to do anything to glorify God in 2018, it's going to cause us to say, you know what? We're not satisfied as a church until every tribe, nation, and tongue is represented in this building when we get together. We want to see people from every background trust in Christ and worship. He is the creator God. And that means that all the dividing up that we try to, we try to divide up God's creation in our own little kingdoms, just so you know, our kingdoms only reside under his kingdom. He is supreme. So while we're carving up our little kingdoms at home, let's not forget that he is the one who allots our boundaries and our spaces. And because of that, he deserves glory. We have seen the glory of the king. I love the fact that in verse 2, he tells us that God created and founded, uh, the, he founded upon the seas and he established it upon the rivers. I love the fact that David includes the idea of water in the creation and why he singles it out. Because in Canaanite religion, right, the area of the promised land that the people were to go into, in Canaanite religion, they believed that no one had control over water. Water was viewed as chaotic. No one could steer it. And guess what David says? He says the creator, king of glory, he founds it upon the rivers and establishes it. What's he saying? The real creator God, he's in charge of everything, even the chaotic seas he is over. Oh, you see how big this God is? You see, we're not just worshiping some little bitty God. We're worshiping the, the creator, king of glory. And he's displayed his glory not only in creation itself but in us. And he rules over it as a good king. Now, I want to point you to the fact in verse 3 that not only is he the creator, king of glory, he's the holy king of glory. It says in verse 3, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? Well, there's the question. Who can, who can ascend to God? Who can stand in his presence? Does anybody in here feel comfortable in their ability and their worthiness to stand before the holy God? Oh, no, it should cause us to tremble. Why? Because he tells us who can stand, who can ascend the hill of the Lord and who can stand. Verse 4, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. You know who can stand before God? One who is perfect. One who has what? Clean hands and a pure heart. This is interesting because clean hands, I think, speaks of outward obedience. Clean hands are the things that you do. So who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Who can stand in his holy place? Well, he who is perfectly clean in everything they do externally. 
Anybody in here feel like they always do the right thing? Because that's what it takes to ascend the hill of the Lord and stand in his presence. But then he goes even further, just in case you're like the rich young ruler and you say, yes, I've kept all of the commandments as you've told me. He then goes on to say this, and a pure heart. Uh-oh. So everybody banking on helping old ladies across the street to get into heaven, you're in trouble now because he says it's not just external activity. You have to be pure at heart. Every motivation being pure. Ooh. Anybody else in the room feel like you could still stand before God? Feel like you're worthy to ascend the hill? No. None of us in this room fit that description, do we? Every single one of us has been impure in our hearts. Every single one of us has done unclean things with our hands. But can I help you out? There is one person who has done that. There is one who has clean hands and a pure heart. And his name is Jesus Christ. And so just so you know, according to the Bible, the only way we could stand in God's presence is if we are in Jesus. We have to be united to Christ, otherwise we cannot stand before God. You know why God is the King of glory? Because he alone is perfect in every way. He alone is the one who has clean hands and pure a pure heart. And that's why we need his son. Because Jesus was the only one who could be both God and man and still be pure. He has demonstrated his glory in the face of his son. To look upon Jesus is to look upon the glory of God. Not only is he the creator the glorious creator. Not only is he the holy glorious creator, but he is also the king who is glorious. I want you to skip down with me to verse 7. David says, Lift up your heads, O gates, be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. So who is this glorious king? Notice David speaks to the gates and the doors, almost that temple language, that, that city of Jerusalem language uh, about the people of God. He says, open up because your victorious king needs to come in. He is the king of glory. He is strong and mighty, verse 8. The Lord mighty in battle. You know why he is the glorious king? Because he is the ruler of all things. He is the mighty God. He is the King of Kings. We celebrate this morning. We do everything according to his glory because he alone deserves that. He is the King of glory, mighty in battle. And can I point out to you very quickly the name of the Lord that's mentioned here in this verse. Those of you who have spent time here doing Bible study, you will notice something particularly about the Lord's name in this verse. Do you notice what it is? 
very good, Miss Linda. It is all capitals. And if it's all capitals, what does that mean? It means this is the name of God. This is the name that was given to Moses when Moses said, who shall I say sent me? Oh, just so you know, David is making sure that when you read this psalm, you understand that he's not talking about a glorious king. He's not talking about a glorious God. He's talking about the Lord Almighty, the glorious King. I don't know about you, but that is worthy of all praise and glory. Not only that he is glorious in his creation, not only that he is glorious in in the way that he rules, not only that he's glorious in his holiness, but that he is the only one who fits this description. There is no other besides him. He is the glorious king, and he deserves worship and praise. Listen, folks, if we're going to do anything of worth in 2018 for God's name, it's going to be because we have seen a glimpse of his glorious creating of his holiness and of his rightful mighty ruling of all he's created. It's, we're going to do those things for his glory only because we've seen him for who he is and because he is so great we can't even fathom that his love would be displayed towards us. That, that his glory would be so great that we as human beings would only be able to say, God, who is man that you are mindful of him? Listen, We start doing great things for God when we realize that we are nothing and he is everything. So what do I want for every single one of us at Fairhaven for 2018? If you will behold the glory of God every day for 2018, if you were to behold the glory of who God is and do everything out of the motivation to show your love and gratitude for this glorious king, he will bless. He'll bless us as a church. He'll bless in our daily lives. It may not be the blessing we want, but it will be the hand of God at work among us. Listen, if, if we're wondering when God's going to show up and do something and when God's going to do this or that, it will come when we have a right view of how great he is and how fragile we are. Oh, brothers and sisters, when we do that, God will be displayed to this community and people will be changed by the power of God's working. I want you and I want me to behold the glory of our King and worship Him. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for your great love for us. And God, I am grateful that your glory has been displayed throughout creation. God, I'm thankful that we don't have to go any further than to look right outside these doors to see the working of your hand and your beautiful power. 
So God, give us a, a worship of you that is found as we turn our eyes to everything you've created around us. God, you have created the earth and the fullness thereof. God, you have founded it upon the seas. You've established it upon the rivers. There is no other God beside you. God, may we behold your beauty and your glory. God, we thank you that you displayed your glory in fullness in the face of your son, Jesus Christ. That when he came to this earth and bled and died and rose again, he was the exact imprint of who you are. He is the exact imprint of who you are. Lord, help us to glory in you. To know that in your life, death, and resurrection, you have displayed your perfection, your beauty. And in your death, in our place, Jesus, you have purchased for us the forgiveness of our sins, that we might ascend to the hill of the Lord, that we might stand in your holy place, that because of what you've done, Jesus, we know that when we die, we will stand in the presence of our King, not because of any good we've done, but because of the perfection of the Son of God. Give us a vision, a picture, God. Help us to dwell in your glory and to give you your praise that you deserve. And Lord, we recognize in 2018 that you are still the ruler of this universe. That no president, no prime minister, no leader of any country can ever shove you off your throne. You are the king of glory. May the bars and the doors be flung open that the king would enter in. Oh God, we thank you that you're with us this morning and you promise that one day we will dwell with you in perfection. May you, God, receive glory and honor. Help us as a church to do everything because we have beheld the glory of our King, and we can do nothing but worship you. God, save people this morning. Help them to see that they cannot earn salvation. That, God, they are sinners in need of a Savior. And help them to see that your Son is that Savior. God, draw them to yourself and cause them to call out to the King of glory that he would forgive their sin and cleanse them from all unrighteousness. God, save people this morning who have been trying to live as their own king. Help them to submit to you today. And Lord, help us as Christians not to live for our kingdoms, but to live for the only rightful kingdom that belongs to you. We are your servants, God. We are your subjects. Use us for your glory. Use us at Fair Haven for your glory. God, save people because of our testimony of your scriptures and of your son. Use us this year that countless people will come to know Jesus because of your glorious presence with us. God, cause us to serve you with gladness. 
Lord, I pray that if you tarry long enough to allow us to see the end of 2018, I pray that we will speak of all of your goodness and all of your mighty deeds. God, that we wouldn't take glory in ourselves, but at the end of this year, we would say everything good that has happened to us is because our God is a good God. Help us to do that for your glory and honor. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.